This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hello, everyone. My name is Erin Trelor, and I am the host of Raw Beauty Talks. We're taking you behind the highlight reel of the world's biggest influencers and wellness gurus to get a raw glimpse of what beauty, health, and wellness look like in today's world so that you can feel your absolute best in your body and in your life. When who you are meets what you do, you will set the world on fire. I read this sentence on today's guest's website and it gave me goosebumps all up my arms because I completely agree. So I'm so excited today to talk to Talia Delju, who is a positive psychology expert and transformational coach who helps people connect to their power and their purpose. I was telling her before we hit record today, that one of the things I hear most commonly, especially from women who are going through the raw beauty reset, as we dive beneath their relationship with food and their body and movement and all these things, a lot of women struggle to understand or feel connected to their purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we hear all the time. You need to find your purpose until you find your purpose. You're going to be working really hard and things won't feel enjoyable and all these various beliefs around purpose. And so you have this background as a positive psychology expert, but you've spoken to, you know, huge companies, MailChimp, Spanx. I love Spanx. I mean, (laughs) which is kind of weird that I'm saying that as the founder of Raw Beauty Co., but I'm fascinated by Sarah Blakely's story and like the hustle. Yes, girl. The Spanx in general and what they stand for. I mean, maybe there's some some pieces around there that we could dive into another podcast, but I just love her. I love her. I love yeah. her. Okay. Anyways, you've spoken incredible stages alongside the likes of Deepak Chopra, Jen Sincero, Adam Grant. And so I'm feeling so lucky to have you here today to dive into this conversation. How did you get to where you are right now? Like what led you to do this work? I think the first thing I'll, I'll quickly say based on what I heard from you and then I'll answer your question is that, you know, we always say if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And the way we think about purpose, the way we define purpose, the way we talk about purpose is broken. Like it's not working. We have to fix it. And so a lot of the work is really in like redefining and actually understanding what is this thing we call purpose that we're looking for, that we're chasing, that we're trying to find and all the stories and the expectations we attach to it. So we'll get into all that. But how I got to this and the kind of cliche response that I always give to this is like, this is who I've always been. Coaching is not just what I do. It's not just my job. It's it's who I am. If I had a job as a marketing manager at some whatever big company, like this would still be who I am. Becoming a coach and having this career ends up just being a manifestation of and an extension of me. And that's kind of the initial mental model I have built around purpose. But how I got into this work specifically is I watched many people, most significantly my mom, throughout a lot of my life, even till today, searching for her purpose and kind of looking in all the all the places, you know, <laughs> and saw her, you know, kind of chasing after a title and a role here and a title and a role there and was constantly just looking for the next thing. And mm-hmm. you know, from the outside, it's like, you know, you could sit here all day and tell someone, this you've tried this before, it's not going to work again. And everyone has, you know, their own process, it's on their own journey. But for me, it just filled my mind with a million and one questions about 
how we make informed choices about what we're here to do in the world and how to navigate transition because change is inevitable, especially in the world of work. And, and most importantly, like how do we define who we are? How do we shape our identities? And how do we come back to the parts of us that are core and constant and true, knowing that the role, title, job, like all that's going to change. That's just temporary stuff that evolves as you grow and evolve. So a lot of it was my experience with her and my relationship with her and seeing kind of her own struggles. And then a big part of my journey was in my first job out of college as a leadership consultant for a sorority. And about every six days, I'd be on an airplane, living out of a suitcase, hopping over to different cities and campuses and having conversations with women about what was next and what is good in your world and what are you looking forward to? And just asking questions that I now know are very kind of like positive psyche, right? So that led me to graduate school where I got to really just dive deep into this work and and have been coaching more formally ever since then. Wow. It truly sounds like it is just part of who you are. What if somebody is working a job right now and they're listening to this and they're like, I don't know who, who I am. I don't know what my, my purpose is. It doesn't feel that natural to me. Like I know that there's parts of my job that I'm good at. I don't know if I'm passionate about it. Is that okay? Do I need to find something that I'm passionate about? Where do you even begin in this conversation around finding your purpose? It's a great question. That's a big question. And it's a question that I think we can overcomplicate very easily. Finding your purpose is really about finding yourself. And when you find yourself, you free your purpose. And and I love just like the visual that comes with that, but it really is just getting to know who you are. And I still get that there's the like, but how, right? Like, how do you do that? And, and the simple answer is like, there are worksheets, there are reflection questions, there are communities where you get to have these conversations and reflect and dig in. And from a positive psychology perspective, a lot of the how to find it is through reflection, is through looking back in life at moments where you have felt at your best, where you have felt proud, where you have felt the most free to be yourself. There are clues and there are hints and there's data in your life experience that nobody else can tell you. Like, I can't sit here and tell you, this is what it is. Like, I don't know you, I don't know your life. I can ask you the right questions to pull out the information. And I think that's where most people get stuck is this like, well, I just don't know what's next. And what's next is always, can always be informed by what's worked. Like there are moments, even if it's one in a million, there are moments where you felt something. There's been a, a, a sense of flow, a sense of like, this kind of comes easy to me and, and not to other people. And so, you know, a big piece of that is understanding your strengths and distinguishing between your strengths and your skills. Mm-hmm. Um, which is to be quick with the description, skills are the things you do well. If you're listening to this conversation, there are probably a lot of things you do well that you've learned to perfect over time that you've developed, but that might not necessarily come easily or that might not necessarily feel natural or bring joy to you when you do it. Like I can sit here and solve math problems all day and do really well, but I'm not going to feel energized. I'm not going to feel jazzed about it. I'm not going to feel particularly proud about it. there's a difference there that I think is easy to miss because it's a bit nuanced. And I kind of walk people through one of my programs is called Power by Purpose. And it's kind of a six step process. The the one I went through to figure out my path and my gifts. And a lot of it is in, yes, the strengths, yes, the values, but also in 
connecting the dots throughout your life story, like how to make sense of where you've been to help you make sense of where you're going. And, and then the last piece is just looking at the stories, looking at the limiting beliefs, which is I'm sure work that you do a lot too. Like what are the excuses, the assumptions, the doubts, the stories that you're living in, one being that you're stuck, like that's a story. We get to look at that and really like dig into that. I love it. Okay. Let's just do a quick recap there of some of the things that Talia mentioned. So the first is looking back at your life story and really starting to pinpoint moments of time when you felt in flow, where it felt like something clicked. Maybe somebody gave you some feedback that you did that really well, or that you have a natural gift or that they noticed that that thing um, came really easily to you. And so just starting to pinpoint some of those moments in time along the way, noticing and becoming aware of what skills you've gathered over the course of your life, skills being different than the things that you're perhaps super passionate about, but like the actual tangible things that you're able to bring to the table in a job. And then one of the things that I find quite often with humans that I especially interview on this podcast is going back through your life and considering if you've ever had a struggle, if you've ever had a moment of pain that has then therefore created a greater sense of inspiration or connection for you. I mean, those moments in time, often we want to leave them behind. It's like, okay, that was difficult when my parents got divorced, or that was hard when I had my eating disorder. But as we heal, and sometimes it's part of the process of healing, when we start to dig in a little bit more, it can become our greatest gift as well and really light us up. And I think that's sort of what you were saying at the beginning of this conversation is seeing your mom navigate and try to find her own purpose which was most likely challenging in moments <laughs> and especially for you as a young girl watching her go through that and look where you are now you've created a whole career that was sparked by that moment yeah 100% one of my favorite kind of reframes that i offer people and invite them to consider is instead of thinking about what the world needs from you right because that's one of the like you'll see as like a very common reflection question when you're thinking about purpose what does the world need and it's like I mean, a lot of things, <laughs> the world needs, the world needs a lot of things. And that leads to, you know, analysis paralysis and the paradox of choice where there's just so many options. And then we feel stuck in choosing the right one and the fear of the wrong choice and more options is not always better. And so what I consider people to think about instead of what does the world need from you is what do you need? What did you need from the world or from fill in the blank? And how can that point to that pain? And how can you look at that pain as you know, a data point in the bigger picture of purpose and what you're here to do and how and who you're here to serve. The other two things I'll quickly add to what you shared and thank you for recapping because I know I went in a million different directions there is to ask people. A lot of times when we're in our own kind of like little echo chamber, when did I feel at my best and when have I been in flow? Sometimes it's hard for us to see that. So go to the people in your circle, ask them when they've seen you at your best, what they think your natural gifts and talents are, what makes you unique, what makes you stand out to them. And you'll start to see patterns, you'll start to see themes. And it also makes it feel a lot less lonely to go through this like inner work self-discovery process. And the second thing tied to that is when we think about flow and being at your best and when things come easily to you, I think for many of us, we're, we're 
there's the story that things need to be hard, that work needs to be hard, that I've, and there's almost this like addiction to the suffering and the struggle and the stress oh, of yeah. it. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. And it's like, what can you let it be easy? Can you let it be easy? Can you let yourself see that the things that come be easiest to you are actually valuable? I think we we tend to discount the value of those things because if it's hard, then it's worthy of effort and recognition and whatever. And so just another kind of mindset shift around this work to help you see what might kind of just be staring at you in the face. I love this. Okay. I want to dig into some of these limiting beliefs that you touched on very briefly, because Lord knows this is actually a thing that really holds women back. I I mean, the number of people as well, who I feel like have this knocking at their heart or like the tapping on the shoulder or the vision or the dream, but they are terrified of actually going there. And I've felt this so many times in my own journey as well. Um, I would love to share a couple of the common limiting beliefs that I hear, and I'm curious to know if you hear them too, and if you have any thoughts on them. Okay. Yeah. So the first one let's touch on is, um, this idea that someone else has already done it. Somebody else has Mm. already started talking about body positivity. Someone else is already a coach on finding your purpose. Somebody else is already X, Y, or Z. There's not enough space for me to do it. I won't be able to do it as well. So our mind is, you've probably heard this before, a meaning-making machine. So we will see a circumstance, an objective situation. Hey, there are tens of hundreds of other coaches doing the thing that I want to do. Okay. Now, what are you going to make that mean? Right? So you'll most likely make it mean something that reinforces a limiting belief, a fear, a story, a doubt, and insecurity. So you can either make that very objective thing mean well, then there's less room for me and then I would never be successful. And why would I do this? The space is so saturated. Or you could make it mean there is a need for this. People clearly have, you know, have seen results. Their businesses are growing. There is a market for this. You know, this is, this is validation that this is a real thing that people need help with, right? So watch what you're making very neutral, objective circumstances mean and again, most often we'll, we'll make it mean something to keep us in our smallness because we're comfortable there, because it feels familiar, because it's safe, because we don't have to do anything. Yes. So that's what I'd say first to that. And then it's not about you. <laughs> like, yes. You have like, like get over yourself, right? Like you, there's a vision on your heart. There's a calling on your heart. There's medicine on your heart. How dare you? sit on that? How dare you not offer what you know is going to help people? How dare you? How dare you? And if we want to get like a little extra spiritual with it, like the vision that you have does not belong to you. It's not yours. Let it happen. Get out of your own way so that you can start serving people and the world because here living in 2020, 2021, where we are right now, we need help. The world needs help. The world needs your medicine, right? I mean, there's so many incredible things happening, but the more we can light ourselves up, allow ourselves to step into our purpose, Mm -hmm. the more health and happiness and joy and positive energy and higher vibration we'll be feeling. And I'm here for that. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. 
Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L com slash talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all faced, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. Over. Pressing pause for a moment to ask you some questions. Be honest with me. Put up your hand, not if you're driving, of course, put up your hand if you're feeling a little out of control around food these days. You constantly find yourself in the kitchen snacking or eating when you know you're not really hungry. Put up your hand if you feel unhappy with your body. You get dressed in the morning or you're getting ready to go out and you feel totally discouraged by what you see in the mirror. Put your hand up if you are struggling to find the motivation to stay active or to move your body or really to live any of the habits that you know you want to be living, but you just can't seem to get into the groove. If you put your hand up for any of those things, I want to invite you to join me at my free live training, Five Steps to End the Battle with Food and Your Body. This is a free training. You can find the link to sign up in the show notes down below. And in this training, I'm going to walk you through the exact steps I took to change my relationship to food and my body forever. No dieting, no insane workout schedule. It's perfect for anybody who's ready to step away from the exhausting cycle of dieting and overeating and dieting again, only to feel like nothing is working for you. Or maybe you're trapped always thinking about food and your body and you know that it's holding you back from living your fullest life. If any of this is resonating, please do yourself a favor. Click the link in the show notes down below. Come hang out with me for one of my free one hour trainings. I can't wait to see you there. Okay. The other limiting belief that I hear often is what if I fail? What will other people think? What will other people think if I start designing those clothes that I've been thinking of? What will people think if I do that 
IG video that I want to do to share my thing, but like I fumble or I look ridiculous. What will people say? What will people think? Goodness, I hear this all the time. And I, you know, I experience it myself too. Like we are humans, we are social animals, we need like connection and belonging is important for our survival, right? Or it was in like literally survival. We needed each other, we needed community, we needed someone to bring us the food. So a couple of different things with this. One is it's it's fear. Right. So we can talk about the judgments, we can talk about the stories, but really it's it's a conversation about fear itself. And the philosophy that I bring to fear is that at the end of the day, fear wants you to be safe. Fear wants you to be happy. Fear wants you to be healthy. You also want those same things for yourself. You and fear want the same thing. Mm. I think a lot of times we we see fear as this thing that we shouldn't feel, we don't want to feel, we need to work against, we have to combat. And it's you are on the same side. Yeah. And so really it's about having a conversation. Every single client I work with starts by writing a letter to fear, like dear fear, like it's an actual person. And in the letter, there are essentially three things you're acknowledging. One is the grat, like, thank you for trying to keep me safe. I see yes. what you're here to do. That's the first piece. All fears ever wanted to hear from you. <laughs> and then the second piece is here's how you're getting in my way. Like you're making me feel like other people's judgments matter more than what I actually want to do. Da da da. Last but not least, what is fear? Fear is afraid, right? So what does fear need to hear from you to move aside? And most often that's something like, I'm smart, I'm capable, I've got this, I have a strong support system, I've done things like this before, whatever it whatever it needs to hear from you to kind of just take a backseat. I think the other thing when people say, well, I'm afraid of what people are going to think, so I'm not going to do it. It's not that you're afraid of what people are going to think. It's that you've already assumed and decided that they're going to think bad things. Like you've already played out the story. You've already, you predicted the future. There's this whole scenario where when, when I do this, these people are going to think this thing and and you've made up your mind that it's going to happen. So of course, if you've made up your mind, then like, what's the point? Yes. I mean, I found this so paralyzing, the idea of what would people think in particular around posting things on social media for my business. So much so that for like five years, I hid behind other pictures of other women. Raw Beauty Talks Instagram was built on the images of other women, which is very important to me because I recognize that I have one body type and with the work that I want to do and what I want to create in the world, it is space for every body type. So that will always be a thing on our page. However, (laughs) I also used it as a way to just not have to step forward myself because what would the husbands of my best friends think behind the scenes if I started like random people and truly the only way that I could get through this, it was a very visceral response in my body. Like shaky hands and nausea feeling. And my body was going into fight or flight. And I would go to then film the video and it wouldn't even sound like me because I was having an out of body experience (laughs) from the fear. Mm -hmm. But you know what I had to do was put it out there anyways, walk through the fear, keep doing it. And it was really hard. It was challenging. And then here we are now three years later and I can pop on at any time without makeup, with makeup. I don't overthink it. And I don't give a flying fuck what my husband or what my friend's husbands think or don't think, but it took time. And I guess what I want to make clear was that there was never this 
moment when it all just felt easy. And then I stepped yeah. through and did it. I had to walk through the fear to get there yeah. and to gain the confidence. 100%. And what I hear from you there is like, you started to gather evidence through this post today. And then this post next week, you started to gather evidence that it was safe and that it was okay. And it was more than safe and okay. People were resonating. And then maybe there was the one person who wasn't resonating, but it's not for everyone anyways. And yes. And that's the point is like, you start to invalidate the story. The, the pre-existing story was, I can't, I shouldn't, this person's going to judge, da, da, da. What if the opposite is true? What if something else might be true instead? Can you just let yourself find that evidence for a moment in time and then just keep collecting and building kind of this toolbox of new belief, new thoughts, new evidence to move yes. you into a different direction? And what was really interesting about the process as well is that the thing that I feared did happen. Mm -hmm. Whenever I post or show up on our feed, we lose followers. We do mm -hmm. not gain followers. We lose followers with, mm -hmm. without fail, the number goes down. It yep. gets fewer likes than any of our yep. other posts. And I'm sure people have talked about it behind the scenes, but the most powerful thing happened is that I don't care because the people who are meant to be within my circle and who are meant to be following raw beauty talks, they're there and they show up stronger than ever before. They're the ones who are commenting. And so there was an incredible amount of freedom that came from letting go of the number, not worrying what people were saying who weren't the right people to be in my circle or space mm -hmm. and allowing the right people to flow towards me. That is a yeah. very freeing space to live and exist from where hundred percent, you know, you can, where you stop worrying about those vanity metrics and yeah. you just do you. Just do yeah. You. Yeah. I love that you said that too. Cause every, I get yeah, every time I post, I'm like, and the number just went down and you know, it's like, and, and, and I do know, you know, I do notice it and and it's interesting, and this is just kind of how our, our brains are wired for negativity bias, right? And we're looking for the thing to go wrong. I'll notice the unfollows more than I'll notice the follows. And the unfollow will have will have more of an impact than the excitement for the, you know, the new follows or the whatever, yes. whoever did like it. And it's interesting to notice where your mind goes. And again, what story, what the meaning is that your mind makes about it, about you, about the other person. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> All the things, all the things. Okay. Amazing. And then the last limiting belief that I wanted to run by you that I feel is sometimes not even recognized by women. I can see when it's uh, getting in the way, but it, it's just a general belief of I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of this success. I'm not worthy of doing work that just feels easy or I'm scared of it. Like there's a fear about being deserving of it and really stepping into your power and just, and claiming that. Do you see that ever with women? Yeah. And I agree that it's not necessarily like explicitly said. Yes. So obviously underneath all of the things, all the shit, yeah. Yes. Where does that come from? Why do we, why do women struggle with their worth so much? I don't know if I can answer the why to that specifically, but I do think, well, I'll answer it. I'll answer what comes up for me when, when you ask that, what comes up for me, and this is based on personal experience. And then also what I see with a lot of the women I work with is 
um, that our joy comes last. Like there's this, this way of being and way of seeing things and way of relating to people where everyone else's joy comes first. And it's only when everyone else is good and happy and, and in their joy and whatever, that then it'll be my turn. Yeah. And for a long time, up until very recently, like it, it felt, it felt wrong to be happy. It felt wrong for it to be easy. It, it felt wrong. And maybe why the question is hard to answer is because it's, it's very personal. Like it's a very personal, like, why does it feel wrong? Who does it feel wrong relative to what relational dynamics are there? What life history is there? Yeah. So like, I think it's, it's different for everybody, but again, it's, it's, look at the stories around it and ask yourself like there are a million and one ways to redirect your mind and create new thoughts and challenge your beliefs the first and most powerful way to do it is to just identify the story and ask yourself is it true like is yeah. it objectively factually if I stood in front of a judge in court could I prove this to be true or are there other things I could also probably consider to be true mm, in I addition to or instead of this could you stand um, in court and prove it to a judge? And if mm-hmm. not, are there alternative mm-hmm. options that we could fight for potentially? I think what you said is so true that it is always such an individual story. But when you started to speak about women always um, women always being able to tap into joy last, there is a piece here around our collective worth as women. And we see Mm -hmm. that in the job force and we see that in how women are treated in certain places. And so Mm -hmm. overall in our society over the years, even though we are the life givers, even though we're the ones to, you know, literally bring life onto this planet, um, we haven't always been valued at the same place. And and it's so much better now, but we still have work to do and space to go, which is why I think I get like so lit up by women like JLo and Beyonce and Sarah from Spanx is like Mm -hmm. seeing women who are stepping into their power, who are stepping into their strength, who are saying, Oh, hell no, I will not be the last in line to experience joy. It just lights me up and you want to shine the light on those women so that other women start to see their own worth, feel the courage to be able to step into their own purpose as well. So seeing women like you who are doing this work and and helping women to get there, to tap into that and to navigate beneath the limiting beliefs and beyond that is really, really, it's really special. I feel like you have the coolest job in the world. (laughs) (laughs) I would agree. I would agree. Okay. So for somebody who's listening right now and they want to connect more deeply to their purpose, or they want to spend some time on this, where would you recommend that they go? Where do they start? Where do they begin? A very direct, tangible answer is like, go to my Instagram. There are a million and one questions, right? Like every other day, there's a reflection question, there's self-inquiry. I've got tons of worksheets just to start getting those wheels turning, just to start and really how I see it is like what we're doing in this work is we're shifting the point of focus from everybody else, everything else in the external world back to you. Like stop denying it, stop avoiding it, stop distracting yourself, give yourself 10 minutes to just think about yourself. It's safe to do it. It's not selfish to do it. It's time to do it. Yes. <laughs> and so 
I've got a couple videos on how to find your purpose. I've got a post that was recently put up on the five questions to ask yourself. So save it, flag it, write them down, do the work. And here's the other thing is like, so many people will go and they'll like it and they'll comment and whatever, but they won't actually take the piece of paper and the pen to answer the questions. Like answer them. Even if you're like, oh, well, I answered in my head. That does not count. Like answer the questions, put them down on paper, talk about it out loud with somebody else and see what conversations, what insights, what light bulb moments it leads to start there. Okay. I love it. And what's your Instagram handle? Instagram is just first name, last name at Talia Delju. We will link to it down below in the show notes. So start actually doing that. Honestly, trade in your evening scroll. And instead of doing the evening Insta or TikTok scroll, answer one of the questions or answer one of the questions and then you get to do your evening scroll if you must. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and exactly. really start to to dig in and and make it fun. This is like you getting to know yourself and there's no right or wrong answer. There's this is all a big experiment and you can you can change your path a million times. It's yeah you have your whole life to figure yes. this out. I'm so happy you said that because it's so important to bring the energy of play and fun and experimentation into this. And I think what stops people from doing this work is the story that it's the one thing and it's the forever thing. And that's a lot of pressure. Like it's a lot of expectation and a lot of pressure and it's just the next thing. Like keep it light, keep it easy, keep it fun and it will change. It will, it might not, but like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, one of my clients the other day was saying, I feel like I've grown up with parents. They're always like, you need to find your purpose. You need to find what you're passionate about. And she's like, I feel like I'm good at my job right now. And I'm 24 and I like, the, I mean, I don't think I'll be here forever, but I like the people that I work with. And I just kind of want to have weekends off and enjoy my life. And she's like, but I feel like there's this pressure to find something that I want to do 24 seven and that I mm-hmm. eat and breathe. And, and so I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah. I mean, my simple answer to her would be like, yes, do your thing. Like trust yourself. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like yes. if she wanted more specific advice on like how to have the conversation with her parents, we could chat about that too. But I think there is something to be said about the pressure we all feel around this and like is it okay if I just kind of like have my nine to five job and like don't really it just like pays the bills and I'm happy with that like yeah that's absolutely okay and if that's what they're experiencing really it's a should thing like I should have the thing that looks differently than where I am now and the underlying thing there is that like what I'm doing and who I am is wrong yes it's not good enough I'm not going to be happy until I find the thing and again like is that true Could you prove it to be true? Most likely not. So just check the stories, check the doubts. I mean, we're, we're bombarded a million and one times a day with messages around what, yeah, like until you have this thing, then you're not fully happy and you've got to do this and then you'll live the life you want to live. And it's an act of rebellion. Like what she's doing is a beautiful act of rebellion. It's like, no, I am good where I am. And I also reserve the right to change my mind or do something different in five years, but don't project your shit onto me. I'm good. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. Oh, this has been so good. I mean, I was really excited to talk to you because I do think in my work as a coach, I'm primarily working with women who are 
are struggling to feel comfortable in their body and well in their body. So they always come to me and it's like, can you give me a, a meal plan or a menu plan? Or I want like you to tell me exactly what workouts to do, which I do none of in my coaching. Mm-hmm. Let me just full disclaimer, <laughs> you will not yeah. get a meal plan from me. But when we dig beneath the surface so often, it really comes down to a lot of these limiting beliefs that we've discussed today and a general sense of not feeling connected to your why or your purpose in life. And as we start to explore those and move more deeply into those areas, all the other stuff seems to really start to heal and seems to really start to flow. All of a sudden, the relationship with food becomes better and the relationship with your body becomes better because there's a deeper respect and understanding of self really. Mm. So head on over to Talia's Instagram page. Where else can people find you? Tell us about this course that you have. It sounds incredible. So I run a bunch of different programs and courses and all the things. And this year is my year of like the one thing, what in my eight years of coaching, what have I seen the most impact from the most results from and what lights me up the most. So it's my six week program. It's called power by purpose and it's group work. I used to be very biased and thought one-on-one was the best. And while I still love one-on-one, there's something so magical in group work because of the connection, the community, the belonging, all these different things that I know from like positive psychology actually does cultivate a deeper sense of meaning in life. So I'm really prioritizing building these communities and doing this group work. So Power by Purpose, it's a six-week process and we walk through mindset, it's strengths, it's values, it's getting to know who you are, it's getting to use the three C's, you know, clarity, confidence, courage to really figure out what's next on your path. And maybe the next thing's the thing you've been doing, right? Mm. The plan for the year is for that to run about every six to eight weeks. So we'll get a new crew of women into it. We right. we work through the group and through the program. So the next group will start mid-March and it's the funnest thing ever. I love it. It gets me so giddy. So that's the best kind of first step into my world. Otherwise, Instagram, lots of content goes there daily now that I have an assistant. Thank you to her for saving my life. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to getting help. Those are kind of the, the two places I would direct people. Great. Okay. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to share it with somebody that you care about to help spread Talia's beautiful message and really to connect women more deeply into their own power. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. It was a pleasure to talk to you. And remember, as you're listening to these episodes, take what resonates and leave the rest behind. Have a beautiful week and I'll see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.